Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick. Alongside with me, as always, the wonderful, beautiful Dr. Robin Hall. And, well, I'll let you introduce. And the wonderful, beautiful James Baird. Yeah. My husband. Your husband. Yeah. Maybe, husband. maybe beautiful before I shave the beard. <laughs> I like the, I like, I like the, the sort of the five o'clock shadow. Well, it's not even a five o'clock shadow anymore, but uh, you grow a beard like, like that. Man. I know. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I, I did, I did uh, see when it was freshly shaved and I wanted to email you the picture and go, who's that Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> it's James. <laughs> apparently, apparently many, many families at church were warning Robin that a stranger was <laughs> their child. Yeah. Our child. Well, it's those videos, and uh, this means nothing to the audience, but whatever. <laughs> it's those videos like you, you see on like Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever like that, where uh, uh, dad's freshly shaven yeah. and shows his little kid. <laughs> Toby sh- gave no... Like he had zero concern. He was like, oh, dad. Yeah. But I know. So like your (laughs) shaved versus bearded face is one of the more dramatic changes that I have experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, and yeah, Luke, uh, one of our pastors like leans over my shoulder a couple of weeks ago in service. And he's like, there's a strange man holding your kid. <laughs> and my heart le- leapt for a second until it was like, oh, yeah, right, next to me. My handsome and wonderful husband <laughs> is joining us today. Yeah. And uh, I've, the reason will become evident quite quickly, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, It's been a while since we've recorded. I feel like I'm getting my sea legs again. Right, yeah, it's been a, a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. Sickness and... Yeah. and birthday well thanks for hanging in there with us uh yeah. you, you know sort of listen to the episodes remember we have tons of material on well pretty much everything under the sun that we've talked about in the last two years and there's more to come um over anxiety ptsd depression um social issues uh please go back in our archives and we do view this and this is sort of our topic today as a ministry we want you to be able to go back into those archives and learn from them and share with your friends. Yeah, it's um, a treasury. Uh, we preach the gospel here. We do things scripturally. It doesn't return void and it doesn't run dry. So even if you listen to the episode, just like a good book, you should read it again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to take your advice and go back and listen. I, 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 sometimes when I'm having troubles, this is the human condition. Uh, we can speak and we don't follow our advice all the time. Right. <laughs> And I go, you know what? Me and Robin spoke about that. She had some profound things to say. I know I had some things to say. Oh, Let's brother. see if I could rebuke myself here. And I'll go back into <laughs> like this. Literally episodes. rebuke myself. Oh well, yeah, I, I I do it all the time, and 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 I take joy in and and not just hearing my voice because I don't like to hear my own voice, but I take joy in the fact um, that God has done something through this podcast, has encouraged people. We get your emails. And it does edify us too as well. Some of the information, some of the things that we say, we go, well, that was the Holy Spirit because I didn't even plan on saying that. And uh, pastors uh, uh, deal with that situation all the time. Sometimes a pastor uh, preaches and he goes, oh, God's speaking to me as I'm speaking right now um, because of the the things that uh, we're all dealing with. And as ministers, we deal with a lot. And I guess that's a good segue into what we're talking about. But but before we do that, we always like to do housekeeping. Oh, yes. Please email us at a couch divided podcast at gmail.com with your questions or if you just want to say hi, yep. you know, message um, us on Instagram and Facebook. Please, you guys are you guys have a very seriously 
wonderful meme game. So please keep sending them. To oh, yeah. We get tons of them. So it's that means, great. yeah, so we, we love it. And, and maybe we should do more with our Facebook. I just love the memes so much. Um, and uh, so that's fun. And that's an aspect uh, to keep you guys engaged. And uh, we love uh, seeing what you write uh, as well. But then also, if we don't reply to your email, trust me, we're going to mention it uh, on the on the air without your name and without your personal issues, uh, because some of the questions or some of the things that you're asking us um, spark an episode. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we're going to answer it by way of doing you know, an entire episode on that. Sure. Um, and, yeah. Uh, Give of us, course. please, please be forgiving because yeah. we just can't respond to everybody Especially immediately. And, uh, of course, uh, we will never mention your name or uh, personally your issues or anything like that. But sure. uh, you'll know. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then also you can reach us on social media, uh, Couch Divided, or excuse me, uh, at a Couch Divided Pod on Instagram and Facebook, same name. And uh, there you go. And, yeah. uh, and uh, we'll get the website back up uh, here soon. We are in the process of moving into a studio yeah trying to build this a little bigger trying to be a little bit more consistent it's on pretty, the posting it's and, pretty cool yeah yeah and uh and, and perhaps uh, by request from you guys maybe 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 a video yeah maybe a video we would podcast. yes yeah, video, yeah, we do video that podcast. we'll give you more information when that time well comes. then you could see james with his beard and without it <laughs> yeah and you and could know what it. we're talking about right now it's all nostalgic radio you just use your imagination <laughs> And whatever you're thinking, you're probably close. <laughs> and uh, um, no, I'm just kidding. Well, but, I'm never uh, actually shaving again, so oh, right. there will <laughs> never be another without it's it. Never. You said that last time. <laughs> you did say that last time. I'm did. never eating again. I'm never drinking again. I've never. I've said that when I was uh, uh, when I was uh, uh, living outside of Christ. I'll never do this again. And then I did it. But um, but I try not to make big statements like that. I uh, I don't know if I'll ever shave, uh, but I am pretty weak. Uh, uh, if uh, I have a wife or anything and she says, I don't like the beard, I might even, I might give in. Well, and, and, okay, and shave it. ladies. That's acceptable. <laughs> it is acceptable, but a good, reformed, God-fearing woman is going to want your beard. Yes, there you go. Yep. And That's a cigar just the truth of it. Yeah. yeah. And I did learn this last time. If you do shave, make sure you warn your wife first. <laughs> you just don't come out of the bathroom and go, hey. I was, it was shocking. <laughs> yeah. I was aghast. She called 911. <laughs> Who is this person in my a, house? a stranger in my house. Yeah, but Toby seemed like he just really didn't. <laughs> I was surprised that yeah. he didn't have any reaction, but it is growing back, and yeah. you do grow your beard very quickly, which is great. How old was we when you did it the first time? Uh, how old was, I'm sorry, how old was Toby? Yeah. He Toby hadn't born. been born yet. Oh, yeah. really? Because I, I was like, did he remember? Oh, it shows his memory in no. there, but no, he didn't. Mm -mm. No. Oh, okay. Because well. that was what, like September, October of 2020. Yeah. yeah. Did you look at him and go, you really me. like me? You really do like me? Does it matter? You like me. <laughs> you really do like me. All right. So hey, before before you launch it, can I just say something that's really great about, about Nick before mm -hmm. we <laughs> get in a full swing? <laughs> yeah. If you if you ever is that a, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, of course. Sure, sure. If you if you Nick guys is ever gritting his teeth, he's not sure what <laughs> yeah. you're gonna say. <laughs> if you guys ever have the uh, pleasure of taking your troubles uh, to Nick Thomas, I want you to know exactly what's gonna happen because <laughs> I have done this several times. He is going to ask you some very 
direct, intelligent, direct, <laughs> probing questions that you're not going to be prepared to answer. <laughs> like I feel like every time I'm just like I'm left with like the Sunday school, like Jesus, God, <laughs> and then he's going to turn around and he's going to give you an incredibly like insightful suggestion about what might be going on and. <laughs> Um, it's wonderful. I'm just saying it's a, it's a great thing. Good. I'm glad yeah. you don't have a specific example. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. You, I feel like you should give us an example yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah. Do go you ahead, have go one ahead. right off the top and, of your head? Um, well, I, I do, but I'm just trying to think of one that I don't mind sharing. sharing <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, okay. I, I'll try to remember. The, I'll try to remember the details of this. But okay. so I, I was talking to this one. This was really just like I wasn't really troubled per se, but I was just convinced that. Uh, so Robin and I, we we have wanted to have more children ever since like Tobias was born. Sure. And uh, so so pray for us. By the way, that'd be a huge blessing that we mm-hmm. ask God for all the time is for more kids. But I was this month. I don't remember what month it was, but I was convinced that. Robin was, I don't even know if I told you this love. I don't think so. I was, uh, I was convinced that Robin was pregnant. I had no, I had no reason. (laughs) Like there was no reason to, to to think that I just was like convinced that Robin's pregnant. So I I just randomly like reached out to Nick and I was like, I was like, I have no reason to think this, but I'm just convinced that Robin's pregnant. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not. I wasn't. Son of a prophet. Just to, <laughs> yeah, well, I know that now. The, yeah, the yeah. punchline of this is I was not. And uh, Nick, you know, Nick was like, uh, this, this isn't, this is just, he was, he was just like, well, so it, it, it is, it's possible that this is just something God's revealing to you. But he, he was like something along the lines of like, well, how is, how is the Holy Spirit sanctifying you? through this conviction, like whether, whether God is actually giving you this conviction or not, how's the Holy spirit sanctifying you by this, by this conviction that you have that Robin's pregnant. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> that's my current reaction was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just was thinking about, yeah, I don't uh-huh. know. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> and so like we won't get into this, but you, even you said you, you didn't, you had shared with me that you thought that, for you had this weird, like extra normal, paranormal thought or feeling that I was pregnant, but you didn't tell me what Nick said to you. Which ended up not being paranormal, by the way, because, <laughs> I, because you were not pregnant. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, but it's it, it, I can totally, like knowing Nick and knowing his own, like walk with the Lord and his, like how you have had to handle your own conviction mm. in certain areas, why that would have been your first question. Like, mm. well, so let's actually test this. What, what's in me even sparking this, whether right. it be the Holy spirit or not. And yeah. It, it, right. It, and is what is being revealed more of like a desire rather than actually yeah. like a legitimate, le- legitimate quote unquote word I, from the Lord, like a conviction. Right. Yeah. We don't want to ever attribute something to the Lord that he's isn't not his, doing or isn't yeah. his and his word. But that testifies to the fact that you are following him because you want kids to glorify his name. You're excited about it. You don't view children as a burden. I believe that is the process of, you know, being a husband and a man. And if he's going to conform you to that image, of course, you're going to have these thoughts and emotions. And you were mature enough to go, I'm not sure if it's God or not, but like, man, I really, you know, yeah. I really think she is. And it turned out to be, I hope she is kind mm-hmm. of thing like that. But yeah, I mean, that, that, 
that testifies to the fact that I, I think that you're a husband and a man and that's what God has created you to be. <laughs> father, so yeah. I was just like, regardless, man, really rejoice in that aspect. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, he wanted me to go, yeah, it was from God. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, I kind of appreciate that you like didn't bring me into that conversation too soon. <laughs> the conversation was deeper. I know that. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, you're right. I did ask that question. That sounds like me. So, yeah. <laughs> it definitely yeah. sounds like you. Thanks for putting me over by the way um so this episode may be filled with a little more like personal insight than normal considering my husband and nick are the best of friends Mm. nick was the best man at our wedding actually yes i I think we've said that before but i'm not sure when the last time no i mean i i love that too as well everybody was nervous uh too as well because they had to go give uh, uh, up and and give their speeches and things like that. And he's like, what, what, what did you write down? What did you write down? And I feel like an idiot because I didn't write anything down. Yours was great. I yeah. really, I, I know somebody probably got a recording of it, but I don't have a recording. Oh, I would it. love to see that. I haven't seen that since the, somebody that probably day. Did, yeah. yeah. I messed up the song because one profound moment that I was, I was actually speaking about you, Robin, and uh, the fact that you raise your hands uh, at a certain song, oh, praise the one. Um, and I, I'm going to mess it up again, but you know what I'm talking about. And, when you raise your hand, when you're praising God who saved your soul, because that's in the song, I know exactly where that's coming from. And not just because you're an image bearer of God who's glorifying God, because it is that aspect, but because what he saved you from. Right. Kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I get really it, there's a, a, a emotional passion. And I know you're thinking back to that to that day you were born again. I get really, really very yeah. moved easily and quickly with music. Yeah. Sometimes it's dis- disproportionate. Yeah. Even. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I like it doesn't even have like the first few like measures into a song and I'm like, <sighs> like it's <laughs> not crying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> like I, Jesus, you're so wonderful yeah. and I'm so vile. And this yeah. is what, this is what God does, you know, in a, in, and I, I know we're deviating, but this is good stuff. Like, <laughs> um, you know, when we have thoughts, burning memories, and I have a lot of them. I have a past. I have a lot of them. But there are also some memories that should be traumatic that God has redeemed. Mm. And I'm glad, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I'm not glad that I did that. This would normally put me down on the ground. But because God has redeemed me, I can rejoice in his name. And it's what Job said. And I may be taking this verse out of context. But he said, um, remember the struggle, mm-hmm. you know, lay a hand on it. Remember the struggle, right. And never do it again. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm like, well, that's what that's used for. I, isn't like it? Yeah. ultimately yeah. true, like emotional freedom in Christ is freedom from regret because you get to recognize God's sovereignty even over your sin. Yeah. Right. Like he is not the author of sin, but you better believe he uses our sin to affect his means. I mean, yeah. that's the whole story. Of when I was, uh, when I was paranoid um, and uh, when I was paranoid and thinking everybody was following me and like, uh, I, was, were, I was, I yeah, was actually, it, it, it was Robin. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> just to get you into this podcast. Yeah. Right? I mean, I had this vision five years ago, um, but uh, man, it's been seven years uh, now, over seven years uh, with the Lord, which is, sometimes baby Christian, but man, yeah, yeah. a lot has happened in that seven years. But when I was paranoid thinking everybody was following me and trying to guess who it was, I remember in rehab, there was a board game, guess who? Yeah. And I go, you put that there on purpose. And then when I was regenerated, I went, Oh, it's the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I found him. <laughs> in fact, uh, he said, Hey, I'm over here. Um, and, uh, I remember seeing that board game. It's actually guess more who. like yeah. he tackles you. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did. He yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't kicking and me screaming too. into the kingdom, but like uh, he tackled me and said, uh, "I was certainly uh, follow me." In fact, I'll pick you up. Follow mm-hmm. me. And uh, so, so praise his yes, praise him. Um, we are. What month are we in now? June. We are in the month of June. Um, yeah, what's it that is. Mean? <laughs> so Skittles. Um, we this will this will end up being um kind of an episode series um that hopefully we'll be able to accurately to articulate well so that you guys can follow the theme. Mm. But um we we felt convicted about speaking into June um as Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Um and we're gonna approach it a little bit differently at first. Uh we're approaching it from the standpoint of ministry. So mm-hmm. um I don't know about you guys, I like, I certainly feel this and I, I f- get the impression that other Christians feel this way too. And maybe I'm reading too much into it or projecting my own experience. But, um, during this month where especially social media and like any, any stores that you're going into that align themselves with this, with left ideology in this way, mm-hmm. um, it puts this extra pressure, at least on me to want to speak into sin Mm. culture as a Christian. Mm. Um, it it really just, it like breaks my heart so fully. Um, Mm. and I want to like scream and like, guys, you think that what you're fighting for is like joy and freedom and happiness, but really it's just death. Mm. Um, and Jesus is so much better than this. Um, Mm. so anyway, that that's, that was really kind of the, like, uh, spur into Mm. the topic that we thought we would bring to you first. And, um, uh, we're going to do another episode specifically on pride. So that'll be the next part in this little series. Mm. But, um, yeah. So for, if anyone out there is like me and feels an added pressure during this month, because the focus is so sharply on Mm. this particular area of sin, this particular group of people, um, what, like, what can we do about that? Mm. Right. Or what should we do? What does God tell us to do about this? And, um, yeah, so it'll be kind of a round table discussion about the different ministries that the three of us are involved mm-hmm. in. Um, and, uh, specifically, ultimately some ideas about what we can do as Christians. Yeah. To, to speak bring. truth and love, um, as well. I mean, we always say that speak truth and love. Uh, there's a lot of emotions. Sometimes, That's going to be the name of my album right. when I, mean, I drop it, the, my the, EP. The scripture says that, uh, you know, sinners rejoice in their sin and, 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 and occasionally, not even occasionally, especially this month, uh, they uh, celebrate it. Yeah. You know, it's, um, fl- the, it's being yeah. flaunted very much. I mean, Target, the whole yeah. Target campaign, uh, LGBTQ plus trans mm-hmm. camp, like that whole campaign is, well, it's, yeah. it's lost them some stock value, um, unfortunately, they are yeah. supported by some people that that won't really won't matter. Right. And I don't <clears throat> claim to speak for the nation here. I'm not the nation. I'm speaking for myself and, and people I know and, and, and hopefully as a Christian as well, um, is that uh, we're seeing sort of a moods uh, change uh, with this, even though the pride's still prevalent and in your face. There's a lot of people out there that are kind of being rubbed the wrong way because now children to be yes. affected. Yeah. Um, and uh, right now is a time um, to use those aspects uh, uh, to speak truth and love and uh, 
what you know is that we live in a culture that likes to, um, well, abort children, mm-hmm. right? But it's the very thing, it's the very topic of children that are actually provoking people to speak up out against not only abortion, but the whole thing of pride. Well, and the heinousness yeah. that is actually involved in allowing like a six or seven year old child to decide yeah. what gender they are mm-hmm. and then taking real physiological mm-hmm. steps to align mm-hmm. that decision with their biology. Skinner would have a fit. I'm just kidding. And Piaget and every little developmental stage that's ever been yeah. there. Um, a- so when we were talking about this, I felt like it was really important that we talk about what's really at the core of that, of, of every Christian and their minute, like their own personal ministry, um, which is the great commission. So I'm just going to read that little bit of scripture in Matthew. You guys are probably familiar with it. Um, but that you be. <laughs> right as a launching point, right? So, so what does God actually say about what we should be doing to speak into sin culture? Mm. Well, the great commission, Mm -hmm. like we're supposed to go make disciples. So I'm starting, this is the ESV, um, in Matthew 28, 16. Mm -hmm. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Mm. teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all to the end of the age, with you always, excuse me, to the end of the age. Mm. Um, So why, you know, why do we evangelize, period? Why do we have ministry, period? It's this, Mm -hmm. because we have been charged by God to share the gospel with Mm -hmm. people, to make disciples. And all, you know, we say, you know, the term, you know, not the term, the name Jesus Christ, knowing that Christ is not his last name, but what is Christ, right? It's a Greek word, Christos, Messiah, right, uh, uh, in Hebrew, or Mashiach. Um, he's king. He's Lord over all. He's the anointed one, right? And he says that all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me, all authority all authority and uh without going into post-millennialism without going into theonomy um i don't think that you can really avoid that with that statement right that's the most political statement that you can ever make is that all authority has been given to me i rule i'm commander in chief Mm -hmm. i'm the emperor i'm the prime minister i'm the president all creation is subject to me yeah all of them and then he goes from the overflow of that therefore because i am king i've said go do this right to the 11 disciples and some doubted right right so like i mean this is at the heart of you know what we do here at a couch divided Mm -hmm. ultimately we want to bless god's kingdom we want to share the gospel Mm -hmm. we definitely consider what we do um as encompassing Mm -hmm. the great commission Mm -hmm. um even if you know I guess we're not like going out schooling specific people about what we think, you know, in psychology. It's more of a a, like a platform that I think is based on this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and opportunities when to do it. Obviously, you know, you can look at your church and what we would call corporate evangelism or or anything like that. And then personal evangelism, too, as well. 
So um, what, uh, this might be silly, but what is a vandalism? Can yeah. you, like, will you guys define what that actually means? Sure. Just uh, in a simple way for people to understand. Sure, James, uh, uh, you do ministry, what, three, four days a week? Yeah, right now it's uh, con- relatively consistently three days a week. Um, and I do ministry quite a lot too as well. But I want, I, I'm curious to hear from you. That was a profound question as well. What is evangelism, you know, uh, rooted in orthodoxy as opposed to what we see out in the culture? What, uh, what, do you, what, what would you think? Yeah, so eva- evangelism is is taking the good news of the gospel, which that's what gospel means, right? Mm-hmm. Good news. And so evangelism is taking that good news of the gospel to your neighbor, mm-hmm. um, to the nations. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. You share, it's spreading the gospel. Um, and it's a, uh, well, what, um, what's the term, Nick, that I'm trying to, it's a promiscuous, mm. um, is, that the, the, is that the right term? I mean, there's a, <laughs> we live in a promiscuous a, culture. I mean, um, it's, it's a ge- like general call, so it's to all people. So in other words, when I say, when I, what I meant by promiscuous, it's, it, you're not, you're not limiting, I don't mean it in the, in the negative connotation, you're not limiting it to anybody it's it's for everybody profuse no it's a different word and it is a word that typically is used in a negative connotation way mm-hmm. but is actually meant oh okay to to mean just unlimited like you're you know when you use promiscuous like i'm just gonna go with it i'm probably wrong that's probably not the term i was looking for but i'm gonna i'm gonna, roll with it I'm gonna go with it now when you when you're promiscuous sexually right you're just having sex with with anybody right yeah yeah so what i mean by promiscuity with the gospel yeah, you show no partiality <laughs> you show to no it, partiality yeah. you're just it's everyone you're not saying no to anybody as far as like giving them the gospel and right. um hoping that god will supernaturally change their hearts so it's it is that bringing the gospel to all people and you can do that i mean there's all kind of, well we're going to be talking about the different mm. the different ways that we're that that you can do that, but you can do that individually, just one-on-one with someone. You could do that with open, open air preaching, mm. uh, to, to crowds, uh, to several people. You can do that through right. I mean, writing, there's, a, there's all kinds of means and ways like social media, mm. um, can be used to evangelize any, any way that you can communicate the gospel with someone else is a, is, is a way to evangelize. There's a, a lot of, "Quote unquote evangelical churches usually, and that's 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 pretty much taken over the name of Protestant too as well. And uh, I I would say that I'm an evangelical. Yeah, but that term has been widely misused right. now. Um, you know, it's the, kind of loaded. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the typical church on the corner would say I'm evangelical. Well, it's almost become meaningless. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's so, it's so overused. It. Right. But I I also consider myself an evangelical, but I yeah. think it's one of those terms that has come to like mean so many things that it's almost become meaningless. What, 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 go ahead. So, so the, the truth is, is if you are a Christian, you should be an evangelist. Mm-hmm. That's what the great commission is charging you to do. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, before anything else, you are obedient to Christ mm-hmm. as that King who has all authority and power mm-hmm. over creation, over you. Um, so ultimately we should always as Christians be thinking of ourselves from that disposition, we are evangelizing, whether we're doing it in the ministry within our home, like wives and moms, or out on the street, like the way that we're going to talk about with the different ministries that you guys are involved in. Um, but yeah, oh, like 
unfortunately, it's also been largely associated, I think, with terrible ministries like the prosperity gospel. Mm. Um, Evangeli is a term that we throw around a lot in reformed communities. Squishy evangelicals. Yeah, yeah. squishy. So people that are willing to talk, like kind of present the picture of a, like a long haired flower wielding hippie Jesus, but will not Mm. talk about sin. Right. Uh, They, you know, you're unloving kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, When you do that, Um, there were a couple of gentlemen that were going to a local university out here, actually Grand Canyon university, which where I graduated from. Uh, they were, yeah, they were, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You did graduate from GCU. There you go. We got uh, two alumni. Well, and his mom was a librarian there for a while. There we go. And we come from a lineage, but there were two (laughs) individuals there that were actually a legacy, James. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were, my uncle's a professor there. That's right. They were, yeah, that's right. I hear about him all the time. Um, so James's uncle actually taught, James Greek. White, Dr. Yeah. James White. Greek. There's a funny story about that. Too. Well, and <laughs> we haven't really revealed this yet, but we have some really cool stuff coming down the pipe with Dr. White. Yes. So yes. Yeah. Excited. Prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. These uh, two individuals were uh, street preaching at GCU. They were students there. And uh, there was a lot of students that would hand out tracks and things like that. But these guys wanted to uh, preach the word. And um, they, they got, got a bunch of gruff for it, right? Oh, a bunch of gruff for it. And it actually wanted to do an article on it and interview them. It just didn't never got never got anything and never got any done. I had this uh, this phase in my life where I'm like, I want to do news <laughs> and I just want to write stuff and put it out there kind of thing. And I never did. Um, still uh, still want to, though. You kind of have a like a broadcaster voice. I yeah, like, yeah I would a little bit. To yeah. Talk about the weather and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk about events. the weather, current events. Everything that uh, Mark Twain would hate. Um, but, <laughs> but um, and they got a bunch of gruff for it at a Christian university. They were preaching and they were saying you're unloving. And the dean, uh, the dean or the dean of spirituality, I don't know. They made, they just like invented a term. Is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it shouldn't no. be. Um, and uh, they looked at the, he looked at those two boys and and actually used the passage in, 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 in Judges and says, Everybody does what's right in their own eyes kind of thing like that. And that was a judgment. And he looked at those kids and said, this is what you're doing. Oh, my gosh. I can't. And he goes, you see those kids outside playing ball? Go make friends with them. Okay. And that is his form of evangelism is that don't be so dynamic. Don't be so in your face. You know, go don't offend anyone. Go play soccer and then, you know, eventually get around to it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And. I always want to not ignore truth aspects um, because that that's about 99% lie, <laughs> what he just said. But I have experienced in personal evangelism that, um, first of all, my conviction in, uh, in my personal time is whenever I'm meeting somebody, they will at least know I'm a Christian. They will at least hear the gospel. Meeting right. somebody new, you mean? Right, right. Um, but then I'm, I'm, I'm also for building relationships from the overflow of that initial conversation, kind mm-hmm. of thing like that. And so this takes uh, an understanding of Christian liberty and know what you can and can't talk about, or or, or allowed to talk about. Um, and so now I'm known as the Bible guy wherever I go. You know, in the Starbucks, in the cigar <laughs> lounge, in this, in the library, in, in this place. I don't mind talking to you about football. I don't mind talking to you about hockey or anything and, and things that I, I like. I mind. I don't want to talk but, to you about football <laughs> or hockey. But you at least know that I'm a Christian at first. You're not going to leave the conversation without knowing where I stand and what I believe in. That's, um, I, that is very, like, very convicting yeah. for me even. I like, I like that as a, just a disposition right. to have 
with people that you're going to have conversations right. with. I, I study a lot uh, uh, in public areas, especially in coffee shops. Uh, like I'm, I'm such a stereotypical <laughs> Christian in that in, in that way, <laughs> and they all know that I'm a Christian, obviously because I'm open to the Bible. But I talk to them, but then things start to build like three or four days later, all of a sudden they're asking me for prayer or what do you do about this situation or how do you reconcile suffering in God? And, you know, uh, I, and it helps because I know theology, I can just answer these questions about, you know, natures of theodicy and, and, and the problem of evil and blah, 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 blah. But that was built up over time mm-hmm. to where they now trust me with everything. But that initial conversation was repent and believe. Mm-hmm. And then everything built up from that went deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Whereas opposed to the evangelical world, they say build the fresh uh, build the friendship and, and obtain the right to tell them about Jesus. About Christ, right? Yeah. And what do you what do you think about that James? Uh, 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 do you should you build up a right to tell people about Jesus or do you already have that right to begin with? Well, you already you already have the the authority of Christ to begin with to share the gospel, but it also just, even in your, your story right there, or you're, you know, talking about what you do, it shows kind of the foolishness too of that approach, because had you had your friendships with these people not started off mm-hmm. on the foundation of I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and, and, and this is what I believe about the gospel and, and Jesus, then they would never have, they would never have known to come to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm about hey what you know can you answer yeah, the problem answer of question? evil like why do we suffer yeah. yeah the more deep questions i remember every time i would go to the the cigar lounge uh there was i i, I was always going to get three or four questions from this waiter oh, okay um, and um and he was roman catholic and he was kind of battling and he was actually probing me for questions so he can uh, refute his friends who didn't believe in God. How interesting. <laughs> but he well, didn't know anything. And so I, he lo- just I mean, me. I love that because look at that opportunity that God set up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was trying to drag him out of Rome uh-huh. at the same time. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, of course, the, the Holy Spirit is going to do that. But, yeah, I uh, uh, sat there and, and, and showed him the differences between that. And there's a, well, and, and, and this goes deeper into the conversation that we're, we're, we're going to have to as well. We've experienced a lot. We have a lot of stories. We've experienced a lot of angst, a lot of joys, a lot of rewards. A, a lot, lot of, of suffering. A lot of errors, a lot of uh, maybe self-deprecation <laughs> as well. I should have done this, and I'm an idiot, and why am I doing this? Why does the Lord trust me? Does he trust me? Um, all of that stuff, uh, especially in my early years of evangelism, there would be about the whole day sort of almost condemning myself about um, the way I presented myself. Oh my gosh, or, that's so exhausting. Yeah, I was new to it and I, you know, I don't want to sin against the Lord. So yeah. therefore I felt bad, but my conscience wasn't clean uh, on that. And it's not because I did anything wrong. It's because I thought I did uh, uh, things wrong. And then others, you know, I shouldn't have gone down that route. Well, I mean, and also like we can just admit that the first time we do something is going to be different than Mm. the thousandth time that we do something. You learn from it and then you correct your mistakes, go on. When you you gain more confidence. But I think like even before we, we jump, this not wanting to offend people is such an intense psychological deterrent from talking to people who especially in this month, because it's June is so in your face. It's like they have, you know, repurposed the rainbow away from what God actually tells us the rainbow is it's everywhere. And you don't want to offend anyone. You don't want to, 
I mean, step on toes. I think a lot of people are kept from speaking into the sin, this particular area of sin, because they're terrified of offending someone and they don't feel assured that they can rest in their conviction over it. Um, You can, because God is extremely clear about this Mm. and he is clear about all sin. Mm. You repent of it. You kill it. You put it to death, right? And you do that by believing the gospel of Jesus Christ and using the power like bestowed to you in that relationship to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I get that a lot. Like um, just even like professionally, and it's been a long time since I've really interacted with um, like people that I would have considered colleagues before um, they like, you don't want to, you just don't want to step on anyone's toes. There's whole schools of thought in therapy. We've done episodes on, um, Rogers, Rogerian therapy, he, he refuses in his therapeutic set, uh, tech, well, his, his personality theory really. And then their therapeutic style of client centered, person centered therapy to not give any advice. Like you do right. not tell someone they're wrong or right. Right. The person comes into therapy already yep. knowing the answer. They just haven't connected with right. it yet. And it's Roger's job as a therapist to right. facilitate their knowing on their own, but it's always information or understanding yeah. or awareness or realization that was within the person to begin with. And that, and that exercise has actually infected a lot of culture, believe it or not. Um, even the government doesn't want to legislate morality uh, yeah. anymore, even though every law is a moral uh, uh, aspect. Um, so they can't get away from that just because of their disposition. But we don't want to tell anybody they're right and wrong. Right. And actually, in, in counseling, it's now that the counselee is leading everything. And uh, regardless of what you're thinking would be right for them, you're automatically going to capitulate into... Uh, uh, their worldview um, because they say that's the only way you can express empathy. Mm -hmm. And um, that is completely heinous and wrong. Oh my gosh. It Um, really is. To the the point where I don't even want to use the term empathy anymore because you're not even using the term correctly. Well, and that's a whole other episode uh, on its own. But, uh, and you know me in terms, I don't like, you know. Well, words are important. God likes words. I mean, the the reality is there were, there were times when Paul did evangelism and it, and it led to now this wasn't the goal of Paul, but Paul shared the gospel publicly and what happened, a riot broke out. Yeah. Right now, Paul wasn't trying to, Paul wasn't trying to incite a riot. Mm -hmm. Paul was just proclaiming the truth of Christ, Paul Mm -hmm. and Barnabas. Right. And people are so convicted of their sin and so angry that they're being told that what they're doing mm. is the sin against God, that, that they, that there's a riot that yeah, happens. That is the, uh, or they the... try to stone Paul, yeah. you know, I mean, Je- Jesus wasn't crucified because he spent years building up friendships to gain the right to share the truth yeah. with people. Right. That is the biblical definition of gaslighting <laughs> there. Right. Uh, if Paul hadn't done this, then there wouldn't have been a riot. Now it wasn't Paul's fault. It was the people, <laughs> that were writing. Uh, I remember uh, standing outside uh, of an abortion center and the person across the street said, you're making too much noise. Go away. I don't know why you're here. Blah, 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 blah. Like a passerby, you mean? Yeah. Um, no, I just coming from the apartment uh, mm-hmm. across the street. Now I understood that, but I go, sir, why are you more disturbed by my audible exhortation not to murder your baby and you are by the murder itself. But yeah, be, because you can't hear the sli- silent screams of uh, a child in the womb. You you can ignore it. Mm. 
And, um, you know, and I didn't have a time to sit down on a couch and counsel him. So I'm just going to come out, you know, with blunt and bold statements. It seems to be that you're uh, only concerned about what disturbs you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is incredibly narcissistic <laughs> uh, or self-centered. I'm not going to put a disorder on them, mm. but that's what you're exhibiting <laughs> uh, to me right now. And of course, maybe I would have a different conversation if he wanted to actually sit down and have well, and engage one. With you, yeah. yeah, but I got to do what I got to do. I got to say what I got to say, and then I got to turn around and minister again. So you're getting the blunt statements. Hopefully you take and, and do whatever with it. And hopefully mm. you're a better person. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I thought that being profound too as well, because I've experienced that in my life even before Christ. Um, I only, it was the pursuit of pleasure. So mm. anybody that disturbed that, um, I automatically condemned. Um, it was their fault, not what they're battling against. It was their fault. Um, and uh, um, I'm a victim of you and your righteousness or your yeah. virtue or whatever you're doing here. And it really, the people that weren't disturbed at that apartment complex that maybe heard the sound and wish they didn't hear the sound or actually the people that agree with us. So it really comes from the overflow of his worldview and disagreement with us. Not the fact that he was waking up, that woke yeah. up, but um, you know, there you go. Well, so I feel like that is just a great segue into uh, James, your ministry our ultimately our family ministry, but you um, specifically your like the heart of the ministry. Yeah. Um, tell us about that. <clears throat> so primarily what I do right now is I, I go to um, abortion clinics and take the gospel right into the area of abortion at the clinics where the babies are being murdered. Mm. And ultimately the, while, while we, of course we offer help, um, we offer resources uh, of course we do those things. We offer um, to care for the women in any way before and after the baby is born. And we have, I mean, right now, Apologia has four women right mm. now, four moms that chose life that they're, that they're helping with mm. all kinds of Praise things. Praise God. Yeah. yeah financially. Right, right now, financially. We've got lots and lots of families too that are ready and like ready to adopt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's all, that's, wonderful thing. And those are things that we ought to be doing as Christians or commanded to be doing as Christians. But primarily my goal out there is faithfulness in the proclamation of the gospel, uh, and calling them to repentance mm. from their sin. Cause they are, these moms and dads are going into a place to pay someone. Mm. Um, they may not be paying out of pocket. It might be a, a third party, organization that's paying for it. There's a terrible, you know, wicked, evil organization, um, something along the lines of fund abortion, Arizona or something abortion mm-hmm. fund of Arizona, right. That'll pay for people's abortions. Uh, or maybe it's insurance paying for who, you know, but the kid, whatever the case may be, you are, uh, you are paying something, even if it was for free, mm-hmm. you're offering your child up to this assassin. And I don't use that word pejoratively. Someone who, benefits financially to take the life of another human being is by definition an assassin. Mm. And these moms and dads are, are offering up their, their children to this assassin to, to murder their, their babies. And so the call, the, the, the main goal, my, my primary goal is to be faithful in bringing the gospel to bear, um, which is 
hey, God commands you not to do this. God commands us not to murder. God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. But then the good news is because of what Christ has done, you can, you can be forgiven mm-hmm. because, because of, because, because Jesus Christ, the eternal God, because he, by the power of the Holy Spirit was conceived in Mary and was once at the same stage of development that all these babies are mm-hmm. that are murdered at the clinics. And because he was born just like all these babies would be born, should they be allowed to live? Be, and because of the the righteous, perfect life that he lived and what he mm-hmm. did, what he accomplished on the cross and in his burial and resurrection, right. that because of that, you can be forgiven for bringing your baby to be murdered at this place. And they can be forgiven even if they even if they go through with the murder of that child. There's, of course, they can still come to Christ. We, we know women at Apologia, right, who have had abortions and they're forgiven. They've been washed clean. Uh, they've been made new. Uh, and, and they have, in, in Christ, they are righteous before God. Um, with Christ's righteousness. But I, but ultimately, even though, yeah, there's forgiveness after you murder your baby, but I don't want that for you mm-hmm. because you're still going to, hopefully you're going to, hopefully you're going to live in the, in the light of the hope of Christ mm-hmm. having done that. But either way, you're going to have to live in this reality where you are the mom and dad of, uh, of a child that you've had murdered. Right. Right. Um, I've heard people say that at, at abortion mills. Well, you know, if I can be forgiven, I, I'll just do that afterwards. I, they're acting like it's a protocol or a trigger point to where God has to respond to you because he said a certain thing, uh, uh, the typical, and this is where, um, sound orthodoxy in evangelical, um, um, uh, evangelicalism needs to, um, be more prevalent, I suppose is that it's not a ritual experience what you do, right? When you repent, you say a particular word, you do a certain thing, and then all of a sudden God saves you. Um, he's not obligated to give you grace at all. In fact, you deserve death. The wages of sin is death. So I like the the way you fact that, that you said, well, I don't want that for you. You know what I mean? Um, Paul says anybody who, I'm going to paraphrase here, I'm going to combine a couple of verses, but anybody who, sins just so grace will abound mm. their condemnation right. is, is just um and that is uh profound that means you can't play games um also me being a Calvinist knows that your heart needs to right. be changed and that's the first thing right yeah if you, <laughs> if you can if as you're about to commit a high-handed sin against god if you could sit there and say, well, it doesn't matter that I'm about to commit this high-handed sin because I'm going to be forgiven, you are demonstrating that the Holy Spirit is not actually working in your heart. You're demonstrating that you're actually not going to come to Christ right. humbly for forgiveness unless God does that miracle where he changes yeah. your heart. Mm-hmm. But you're demonstrating in that moment that that's not where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I mean, like you said, Nick, like you just said, like grace by its nature can't be presumed. Yeah. Otherwise it's not grace. It is. a. I mean, uh, Rome says this a lot, but I, I will concur. Uh, the sin of presumption is uh, something. I mean, the, even the Bible throughout the entire Old Testament will say, perhaps God will, perhaps God will. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Right. You can see this word pop up, perhaps, perhaps. They never assumed God would because, first of all, you're a creature. How dare you even tell what God right, right. <laughs> that he should or shouldn't do? I've committed that sin. Oh yeah, I, we it, all have. Just in my angst alone, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Sure. You know what I mean, and uh, but we've had profound moments outside of the abortion mill. I run a homeless and addiction ministry too, cups of cold water, um, and uh, I have kind of the same experience out there. Even though I would say that demographic is more apt to listen 
only because they think that they're going to get something. <laughs> well. but, but, but at least I got their ear. I don't care what they want, you know. <laughs> but, uh, um, um, and uh, the benevolence is there too as well. How important is benevolence in your ministry? Um, you know, the gospel proclamation would be enough. Um, why would you help them at the same time? Well, it's just, we, I mean, we're commanded, right? Um, so while we have opportunity, do good to, to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith, right? Mm. But we, we are commanded to, to, while we have opportunity to do, good, to do good to all people, we're commanded to, you know, meet the needs of the people, of, of people that we interact with. You know, what good does it do if you, you know, say to someone, you know, be warm, be fed, but you, mm-hmm. you, but you know, can't you sleep don't here. actually do yeah. anything. You got to go sleep outside in the freezing yeah. rain. Yeah. yeah. You don't actually do anything when, when now there's a difference. Like if you're just, if there's nothing you do, there's nothing you do, but when you're in a position to be able to do something about it that, and you don't do it right, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's sin. So that, that's why it's important. I mean, on it, honestly, just on a, on a practical level, we have more often than not when, when we encounter a mom who will choose life for their baby, um, and, and, and they, and they tell us about it. It's more often that they just say, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. Yeah. Like, thanks for being out here. You know, I've changed my mind. Um, all he is was your word. Yeah. yeah, but, I'm, yeah. but I'm good. I don't, you know, I'm not so practically speaking, like it's like on, on that level, it's not that important. Um, but it's important because we're commanded to, and because we should be ready to to meet well and that's one of the arguments i think that the other side makes a lot which is so absurd like you want these babies to be born but you don't do anything to help like help them live after right like and that is so false like Mm. never have i and you can speak to this a lot better than i can um people that go into these clinics know what they're going to do yeah they do not want your financial help they don't want it's they're not going into their into the clinic to abort their baby ultimately because they're in a tight financial spot or they're in an abusive relationship although those excuses get get made a lot it's because ultimately they are serving the god of self sacrificing their child to satan really that's what's happening my convenience is threatened by this um and they don't want the help that we offer that is largely the experience out there. Yeah. The women know what they're doing. The dads know what they're doing and they absolute, it isn't about that they could have this baby and then the baby could be well loved, well taken care of, care of. It's no, I'm not going through the inconvenience Mm -hmm. of this because I would much rather worship, worship myself, my time, money, energy, my body, whatever it is. Yeah. Much rather worship that than I would God. And I'm, And they are blatant about it. And and everything that, that's absolutely true. And it it's this weird idea that there is that in order to be opposed to something uh, that you have to do X, Y, or Z, and that's just simply not true. So the moral obligation is on the person not to murder. Right. Regardless right. of whether or not they can support the person that yeah. would be the murder victim that's for the going, rest of their life. Yeah, that's going back to what we mentioned earlier. You know, you can't blame Paul for the riot. Right. <laughs> yeah. You blame the rioters for responding incorrectly. Yeah. You know? And all you yeah. and I'll ask when I because I we hear that all the time. Well, what are you doing? You know, and of course we are doing things. Uh, you know, as, especially as a 
church. Like we are doing things to support these women. But what I'll ask them is like, well, how many do you have to, do you have to let someone who's been sex trafficked come live with you in order to advocate in order to say, Hey, this is, this is wicked. This is evil. No, because you're the obligation is on the sex traffickers, not to abuse, not to abuse women, Mm. not to rape women, right? Or not children. Yeah. 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 Um, boys, girls, whatever the case may be, like that's where the moral obligation is. And you don't have to take in every single woman into your home who's ever been sex trafficked mm. to then say, now, if you, if you have the ability to, to start, you know, um, some kind of halfway, non, house, you know, halfway house or something like praise God, you know, do it. More, yeah, do it more power to you. But that's the moral obligation is on the person um, not uh, not to say yeah murder is yeah. wrong regardless of whether or not I have the financial means to help you right. to help the victim yeah. right yeah. and and, and Nick, the would-be victim Nick doesn't have to uh, have a have a rehab in yeah. his house to call yeah to, uh, to call upon and, the home and I, I'll go and I know we're gonna do episodes on this and so I'm, I'm gonna go deep into it that you know the term you know sympathy and empathy all that stuff like that I have been through addiction. And so, yes, I have a tool to use that can relate to the people out on the streets. Mm-hmm. But I also hear a lot of uh, a, a talk about there's no way you can talk to me unless you've been through what I've been through. Oh, my gosh. And I hate that. I don't I go, listen, if somebody has wisdom, you are in no position <laughs> to re- refuse right. their exhortation. So, OK. Would you then require that your orthopedic surgeon had had a broken leg or a broken arm to perform surgery to correct your broken leg or broken arm? Would you require, like, somebody that was teaching you English as as a second language to have only had English as a first language? It's so ridiculous that if we follow that logic just one step further, no one would ever use that Mm. argument Mm -hmm. because guess what? You'll never get to know whether your surgeon had a broken arm or not Mm -hmm. because they aren't going to tell you. But what you didn't do that they did was spend however many, five, 10 years, like a decade in a Mm -hmm. fellowship to learn how to correct your arm. Mm -hmm. How, how could you challenge Mm -hmm. that authority? And Mm -hmm. you wouldn't, you never would. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's nothing, there's nothing about your circumstance. There's nothing about your history that God doesn't know. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, Amen. there's God knows all of the billions of moving pieces in your life and the, the myriads and myriads of things going on. God knows all of those things perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and God, and, and so we're saying, and that God is the one who is, who commands this. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I don't have to have been through what you've been through because God knows all those things and he's the one who commands. And you don't have to this. be a woman either. Right. You don't have to be a woman. Because no. that's, the, that's another that, thing yeah, that's that another. we would get outside of the abortion marriage. It's like, well, you're not a woman. You're a man. You know, right. uh, why don't we see more women out here? Now, I will say I would like more women out there. It would make the job easier. Right. <laughs> Especially yeah, women always, who have, well, who have like a history, either they know someone or they themselves have had an abortion. Right. But um, ultimately. To speak to it. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately men lead. Right. And so. Well, and can I just say too, as a woman who has been there, out there, um, who like, I, I have not yet called out. I will just say that because I react really emotionally mm-hmm. um, when when well really when my husband is being threatened um but i so so he it's it's just this incredible calm that i've witnessed come over you that allows you to not there's no fear there's just no fear in speaking to whatever challenges met um but it is 
it is not a cushy evangelism. It is the threshold of hell. The people that are walking into these clinics hate you. They hate you and they hate the truth that you're trying to present to them. They hate that you're trying to save their baby and they will resort to violence. Praise the Lord. Um, You know, we haven't had anyone... um, I've gotten stuff thrown at me. Oh yeah. People get assaulted <laughs> all the time. So water bottles is like, I've had, we, when we were out there, somebody threw a Taco Bell drink at us. <clears throat> this is so I've been spit on. I've gotten yeah. sodas thrown at me. I've been I've, chest bumped. Yeah. You've been chest bumped. People I've never gotten with a, their vehicles. Uh, yeah. I've known people that gotten mauled and bruised and battered. Yeah. Um, uh, that hasn't happened to me uh, yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, praise God. People but, starting uh, to pull guns on us. Oh yeah. I'm a ghetto child. So, so try it. Try it. It is, <laughs> it is dangerous Cash there. Myself. It is not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lord. Save that us. guy. You want to do an episode on her? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I actually have a really ridiculous meme that, so I was thinking about posting it on Easter and it's Jesus yeah. outside the tomb cash, and, cash it, and it outside. says cash, cash me outside. Cash me outside. Uh, um, and I actually, do you remember me showing that to you? And you were yeah. like, do not, do not post that. It's too CV, bro. To me, like, of course I would never like quote Jesus as saying that, but it's like. All, real, the, ref- all the reform guys, too CV, too CV, You're not TCV. challenging. <laughs> My husband or me, when you challenge somebody at at a clinic who is out there trying to save babies, you are challenging the God of the universe, the sovereign God of the universe who says that image bearers do not get led to to slaughter. Like you do not innocently slaughter innocent image bearers of God. Mm -hmm. Um, So your beef is with him, really. It's not with me. Mm -hmm. But that was just to speak to why I think, why I do think that there are less women in my own experience, it is not, it is so not yeah. fun or pretty or beautiful. Like you are confronted with absolutely everything black and death. I mean, it's death. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a place where people go to murder other people. Of course, like a concentration camp. Mm. Right. And um, so I think that's probably that's- one of the reasons that there are not a a lot of women, although we do have, I mean, I, the, the ladies of Apologia are fierce, um, mm-hmm. small, but fierce. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and mama bear style, we yeah. have lots of women within our own, like small congregation that are, that go out multiple times a week that evangelize. Um, but I like, I'll just, just to speak to that. It is not, it is not pretty and safe. And I'm like, I don't, I actually don't know. Um, well, I'll be, well, well, you probably wouldn't encounter this a lot. There may be some men that are like, no, wife, you will not come with me. You'll be, at, you should be not at this place while I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, Jim, yeah. I mean, and you, I don't think you would ever say that to me unless you really felt like there was a chance that we were going to get into some serious trouble, <laughs> um, like physical trouble. <clears throat> well, and, and, and that brings uh, up a question because, uh, you know, serious trouble, you, you're worried about each other. Um, a wife worries about her husband, vice versa. Yeah. This ministry that you're doing, um, when we talk about it on a podcast, it sounds like anybody can do this. And I want everybody and anybody that is a Christian to go out there and do it. But the realities of the danger um, that are behind that, because it's so prevalent in our culture, even especially around this month when we're talking about yeah. pride, uh, that it, it now it capitulates to an identity issue, yes. right? Yes, you're threatening my existence, right? My rights, mm-hmm. my yeah, right to here. exist. What kind of 
I mean, we, we've talked about persecution, but now, you know, you bring things into the home without revealing anything personal or anything like that, or, you know, talk about what you'd like. What kind of angst that you have as a minister outside of here that you've brought back that you've had to deal with? Well, and before you answer, so this is, I feel like we're probably close to 50 minutes in already. Yeah. And this is the, like the theme, the punchline of this episode. Like what is, what is the psychology of evangelism as an evangelist, like how are you impacted by your ministry? Mm-hmm. And then what have you observed in terms of the like psychological response and psychological consequences mm-hmm. and other people, you know, right. through your ministry? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do want to, I'm going to preface real quick. Uh, that what I'm about to say, preface this with 95% of the time out there, it's pretty boring. So I also I don't I don't also don't want to give the impression that it's like nothing but like threats and mm. and all of that and stuff. Ninety five percent it's it's pretty boring. Now there's there there is like you're there's a high percentage of getting like cursed out or you know, flipped off and, and stuff like that, like especially from like people who are driving by or that kind of thing. But that, you know, that's that doesn't even when you're out there that that really just even stops registering on your on your radar after after a time but there is i mean but it is dangerous and people like like nick like you said we know people um steven comes to mind he's been knocked out right and Mm -hmm. and doing doing this kind of ministry i've been doing it for eight years and the and the most physical thing that's happened to me is being chest bumped other than like things thrown at me Mm -hmm. i have had people threaten to to pull i haven't actually had a gun pulled on me again we know people that have mm-hmm. um i haven't had a gun actually pulled on me but i i have i've had the threats where someone has told me they're gonna a very get good gun friend of mine at dr ronald Eunice's office yeah and yeah, you know we, yeah yeah, he's yeah a, good a good friend, friend of ours, ours yeah. that um the, the the abortionist actually pulled, pulled the gun, <laughs> pulled, the gun that, yeah. pulled the gun on him and he uh just got a he did get convicted but it was a slap on the wrist oh, i was there at his conviction too as well we, we were just rolling our eyes yeah um, but then on that aspect too, as well, the emotional toll, let's just say nothing goes back down, down there, but you know, abortions are taking place too, as well as a minister of the gospel, who's compelled to go out there and compelled to speak by the authority of Jesus Christ. Um, is there any reluctancy on your part to continue doing this? Is there any feelings of giving up? Um, is there any anxiety over this, uh, um, uh, doing this, uh, particular ministry? Um, if any at all. Yeah. So yes. Um, there are, there are times. So the first, the very first day that I did that, which was the summer of 2015, um, I hear our, he's, he seems content right now, but I, I just, I hear our son. So we're probably gonna have to yeah. <laughs> come to a close. We'll quick. have to, we'll have to yeah. pause this we'll pause and then, uh, yeah. come back. Yeah. But, uh, um, when my first day doing this was summer of 2015, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I just knew I had somehow I had stumbled upon Apologia's radio show. I wasn't a member of Apologia yet or anything. And uh, I went out, but I had stumbled upon the radio show. And they, of course, were talking about um, several episodes where they talked about doing uh, ministry at the mills. And it just clicked with me. I was like, man, I, I, of course, you got to go. Like, it's just something like profoundly clicked with inside my brain where I was like, how have I never thought about this before? Like, of course, you got to go to where the murders are actually happening. So me and another brother from the church I was going to at the time, a PCA church um, that I was a member of at the time, we went down Sunday afternoon, summer here in Phoenix. It was 110 plus degrees. Uh, we were 
just hot dying my uh we didn't we forgot to bring water with us and <laughs> the guy i was ministering with had this conviction uh, like a very profound conviction that you do not do business on sundays you don't buy anything from anywhere on a sunday on the lord's day so he, oh, wow. he would not go buy water and i want and i wanted to honor his conviction so i didn't um anyway all i just say and then we we there was this woman sitting on the she was just sitting i i I don't why she was sitting outside to this day i have no i I guess just uh the providence of god really she's sitting outside instead of sitting inside the clinic um and she's sitting on one of the on the part you know one of those parking cement block things and Mm -hmm. i would not have been sitting on that but anyway like so we're just pleading with her we have no idea what we're doing we've never done this before so we're just pleading with her like don't have anything to do with this place then her husband comes her husband shows up and he gets out and he talks out of the vehicle and he talks to her and i have no idea what she told him we were saying but he came up to like was it got in my face like in like yeah, like less than an inch away from my like almost like touching my face with his face, cursing me out, threatening me, threatening to beat me up, like all this stuff, like just cursing me out, like very it was very intense. Um, and I went away. I left the clinic that day, and I was in. I was in, when we when we left. I was in tears. I was crying, and I was calling out to God. I was just saying, God, I don't don't do not call me back to this. Mm-hmm. Like don't ask me, God, to come back to the clinic. Cause I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. It's not what I want to do. And I never heard, you know, I never heard an audible, I never heard God's audible voice, like tell me to go back, but it was just kind of almost like what Jeremiah describes when, when Jeremiah is like, Hey, I, I stopped prophet. I tried to stop prophesying, but the word of the Lord was just like a fire, like in my chest. And I had to, I had to speak out. And, um, I think that was Jeremiah. Yeah. And I, uh, so I just, I was just, comp- I just felt this component, like, almost compulsion like to to compunction whatever the word you want to use to go to go back to the clinic and and to and to continue ministering but there are days um there are days where i don't want to go like i just really don't and i just almost like almost like i'm like underwater like Mm -hmm. uh, like uh that's a weird like in like moving through water it's like that Mm -hmm. sensation of like this physical weight like pressing down on you and i just don't want to go to the clinic, you know, but it's like, no, I, I want to be, I want to be faithful to do this. Like, I, I feel like I don't think we've ever specifically discussed this Robin, but I definitely feel like on the days I'm going to the clinic, those just, those tend to be days that it seems to me where we're more likely to get into some kind of um, conflict with each other, like you and I. Um, and I think that's, I think that's just partly, you know, I mean, we're sinners, you know, so we're sure. going to have conflict, but it seems to be the days that I'm going to minister. Like, it seems to be like, that's more like there's a, there's an increased chance that there's going to be something that's going to put us out of fellowship, you know, right. and we and have to resolve that of course, before I go. Um, so the devil so, comes along and says, listen to yeah. all that work you're doing and all that way you know, and yeah. all, all that stuff. Um, I'm going to make it 10 times worse yeah. and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and you know, you know, you're restrict not, you from doing, you know, what God has called you to do. Yeah. Of, and yeah. you hear, you get that feeling too. Like I'm probably like, cause there are some, there are some abortion ministries and it tends to be those people that are doing it full time, but that God just really blesses and they just see saves all the time. Sure. Right. Um, I, I see like that I'm actually involved with, um, while I'm there, I would say, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I, average five a year, mm. which praise God. Like I love yeah. that God is so gracious 
to allow me to be a part a part of that. But that's five saves out of the year, and you're going three t- three days a week for multiple and you, hours. And so there's months where yeah. you don't see any saves. You don't see any fruits that you know of. Now, of course, there there's statistics you, you read that like even if one person's out there holding a sign, there's you know this amount of percentage of reduction in the business. And mm. the so you like you know that there are things going on that you just don't know that you just don't oh, see. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But for the most part, you don't see the fruit a whole lot. You don't see a whole lot of fruit. And it's like, man, why am I going to go? Like, well, I feel <laughs> like I feel so. Why minister yeah. when they're not responding? When there's no return. Right? Well, and, why, and fix just, a, why fix the sink if it's never going to turn on again? Yeah, well, like that, so yeah. and I feel like the answer to that is because, well, is because we are called to be obedient regardless of what the outcome is. Yeah. Um, but also, like, what we do is with a generationally minded attitude. So, like, the, pe- yeah. the people that built the, like, great cathedrals in the world, the people that started were not the people that finished. Right? Like, that's just mostly true, true across across history. And it's only recently that well, a whole lot of things have like stopped us from thinking about our children and their children and the children that are born after that. We like throughout history, we, we have actually been primarily involved in ministries where we are not going to see the immediate fruit of that. We won't. And that is exactly zero reason to not, to not evangelize. Um, I, I hadn't noticed what you were, what you just brought up, like that we are. And when James says conflict, it's like me getting bickerish or snippy, but no, I will. No, that, that's, I mean, sometimes, but that's right, not right. there. A lot of times it's me to that. Oh, sure. the sin. I didn't want to like take all of the responsibility <laughs> for that, but I will what? say like, even just for me, knowing that he, like you're going to, do that ministry and that there is a level of danger, a a serious level of threat involved in doing it naturally increases my anxiety. And I like nine and a half days out of 10, the Lord is extremely gracious to me. Um, I do not obsess. I do not find myself focused on the, like what, what if this could happen, that could happen. I really mean that. I mean like nine and a half days out of 10. And then every so often (laughs) there's that like, half of a day, like a ministry day where it's like intrusive thought city. I have a lot of difficulty tearing my mind away from, Oh, there's going to be a car that drives up on the curb and wipes out the whole group. Like whatever, whatever the thought is. And I have to really, really fight to submit my thoughts Mm. and my fear to Christ over it. And And there, and there is a, I also want to say the other side too, there, there's a joy of the Lord too in, in ministering out there, even, even under really difficult circumstances. And honestly, it's funny, like people talk about, you know, abortion being a dangerous ministry, which it, which it is. But I, I was, I went out with Nick one time, uh, to do, we were trying to find uh, a family member of one of our church members who was, who they knew he was out on the street and, and oh, doing yeah. drugs. And, yeah, yeah. and, uh, Nick spent weeks looking for it and, yeah. fi- and finally found him. I, and I just joined him one day and, uh, I, you know, like I said, I wouldn't been doing abortion ministry for a while. And when I was on my way to meet Nick, I was like, 
this is scary. Yeah, wait, I, I took I, you down some alleys that uh, I I don't have that emotional uh, maturity to know. I'm like, what are we doing here kind of thing or or even awareness because I grew up on those streets. And so it's like, well, I'll just walk up to anybody kind of thing like that. But the level, so I'm, you were using wisdom <laughs> and thinking that I was being... Uh, well, stupid. so I, I mean, I left it in the car, but I, I I brought my I bought one of our guns because I was like, I'm gonna come armed to do this. Yeah, but yeah. I did leave it in the car. I didn't bring it out with us when we went to actually talk yeah. to people. But it, it was great to see Nick kind of in his element um, there because Nick really just was very comfortable. Yeah, like in the situation, and we're like in an alley, and there's people, there's people doing fentanyl, you know, right behind next us, door, in front of right us, and like. Um, you know, big, like these big dudes, I'm, I'm just thinking this whole time, like this guy could easily take me yeah. out if he, if he like wants over. I, yeah. I would love to talk about uh, that aspect. Robin, what are you thinking about part two, maybe? I think that we're probably going to end up with like a part two and three. Um, okay. yeah. So, so just really quick to, right. to shamelessly plug, um, James's ministry. It's Proverbs 24 ministry. Yeah. He's got a website. You can find him on social media. Yeah, the website is uh, www.p24.com. Yeah, um, or p24men.com. Mm. Oh, yes. Thanks, Nick. p24men.com. <laughs> yes. yes. Nick had the I correct website. Plug. There. I yeah. fixed your plug. I, I looked at that. your hat. You have a hat, though. There. All right. Oh, oh, right oh, there. Oh, it's on the hat right there. Yes. <laughs> so go to www.p24men.com. James uh, Baird is not your typical pro-lifer. He is an abolitionist. There's zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. He needs your help supporting this. There's women that he helps. There's mothers that he helps. That he gets babies adopted uh, through uh, through the grace of Christ. Uh, uh, babies have been saved um, through this ministry. Uh, even um, um, last you know, week. Even just last week, and you were a part. Uh, of a lot. I remember uh, an angst uh, that came over you uh, about two or three years ago. Yes, I remember it too. Um, and not seeing any babies being saved. And now you're a full-time minister out there actually speaking well, about. he's working towards full-time yeah, we're, we're working. Yeah. That's why you need your help at t24men.com. Yes. <laughs> Please donate, see what he does, uh, reach out to support, him. Support him, yep. pray for us. You have yeah. a contact email address or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so you can uh, reach me at p24men. Yeah. At uh, protonmail.com. Again, okay. that's P24Men, proton, at protonmail.com. At protonmail. P-R-O-T-O-N. Yeah. Protonmail. Um, well, and I think that's a good place to like, we'll round it. And then when we pick back up, we'll spend time talking with Nick about cups of cold of water. The, yeah. The dangers of street and addiction ministry. And again, we're tying this all up in this month. Where we hope to exhort you to be bold for to Christ, be, to be bold and uh, not be afraid of clowns and rainbows and, um, you know, uh, uh, abortions and things yeah. like that. But to speak the truth at love. If I if I don't get the chance to, uh, to ask this question on the actual podcast, oh, okay. I want to put this question out there for you to answer when you do it. OK, OK. Um, I just want your overall thoughts on because this is something I think about a lot. You know, I work inpatient psychiatric. Um, so something I think about a lot, what are your overall thoughts on like sharing the gospel with people who are actively mm. psychotic, actively high oh. on fentanyl mm. or whatever drug it might be yeah. or, dr- or even just in a state of complete inebriation. Yeah. I have um, an, I'm I, very interested in that yeah, and your I, thoughts on that. I have an answer for that. We'll leave yeah. that as a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. It, that is a great question. And it's something that has actually progressed 
um, and have, has changed. It's evolved. It's evolved into a, a deeper virtue in life. So, um, yeah, uh, please know, tune into the next episode. Yeah, we'll drop that. We so. know that this is like these are hard, hard topics. So we don't, we're not like quibbling over that. But we are, yeah, we're called to die to self and live mm. for Christ, right? Yes. So with that, yes, take heart. <laughs> <laughs> with that, take heart. He has overcome the world. Love you guys. Love you guys.